0: All right, here we are, Bill, Jr. and myself, Kevin. Uh, episode forty-seven uh, of a Cowboy Connection podcast. And uh, uh, last month uh, we had so much trouble getting getting all linked up. Bill and I did the last podcast. Bill and I didn't even realize it, but that was our second anniversary. Oh, How about cool. that? Isn't yeah. that crazy? Been doing this, that been is. doing this for two years now. We published our first podcast two years ago in the middle of December. So uh, that kind of brought some joy to my heart, thinking that way back when we started the, this conversation, the challenge was if you're if you're in, you're all in, and and it's it's uh you know if if you think you're not going to be able to to maintain it and and be consistent with it, then don't, don't join in. And everyone said, yep, I think it's good. And, and two years into it, we're still doing our, still doing our Bible study together and, and faithful doing it. So, uh, and it's, it's made an impact in my life. So that's something else, isn't it? Oh man. Yeah, it is.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Shane Shane at church today was once again giving us the shameless plug for it. he's he's sure enough. Uh yeah, he was he's he's definitely for us. I, I still want to sometime when we're all able to come to church at my my building and do uh or the Lord's building that I get a steward or however. You know, I'm trying to sound all holy because we're on the <laughs> on the recording now. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's going will be fun yeah. to us all get yeah no, let's all get together and do a podcast in front of the congregation whether it's a question and answer or something like that it'd be fun to all rendezvous there at some point and do that so. that sounds like know, a good I've time i've been to
2: bill's shirts the last or a couple of times here recently and i think that church could be a podcast in itself the way it's ran that's awesome up there yeah you everybody asked. gets to join in and share what's on their heart
1: yeah, it was it was pretty fun today. I was pretty tired wanting to come home for a nap. I'll be honest, and you know, and man, we were there. Shoot, I don't know. Did, I'm trying to remember what time. I think we finally left about three o'clock. I mean, just <laughs> everybody. It's a, it sounded like a big holiday meal, man. Everybody just cackling and talking and eating and, you know, and just enjoying fellowship. And yeah, that's pretty pretty fun to to watch the Lord working that way. And I mean, even on the New Year's, you know, a lot of people probably. Uh, watched the ball drop yesterday, and so anyway, yeah, it was it was a good time. I sure, I enjoyed having Jr. and Shelby and Riot join us again. <laughs> so.
0: you know, you, uh, my mind wandered uh, this morning. Uh, my mind was all over the place, uh, thinking about today's January first for any uh, for anyone listening to this 20, 2023, and and uh, I saw so many so many people uh that that say they're christians out partying last night out out drinking acting a fool and i've been meditating a lot on that that whole thing and you know this is just last night and today is just another day right
1: i don't know that there's Mm
0: -hmm. much to celebrate in my mind the end of one year the start of another unless you have been able to successfully make a, a habit of, of, you know, making resolutions for the new year and, and everything else. And people say, well, 2022 was hard. I hope 2023 is better. Well, December was tough. I hope January is better. Well, yesterday was tough. I hope tomorrow's better. Today's better, whatever, you know, I don't know, but I I just, I just got to thinking this morning, of how many people, and look, this is a rabbit trail galore because we're in John seven but but just my thoughts today uh is how many people uh, were out getting drunk last night or used last night as an opportunity to go out and get drunk and act a fool and risk their lives, okay? I mean that's that's just the truth. Risk their lives uh being on the highway and uh and either got up and went to church this morning or didn't get up to go to church this morning. Cause they were out partying too much last night. Now, look, I'm one of the first people in the world that says that there's nothing more holy about Sunday than there is Tuesday. If you want to go to church on Tuesday, praise God. If you want to go to church on Thursday, praise God, Jesus is our Sabbath. He's the fulfillment of the Sabbath, Amen. right? And we need a Sabbath rest. But the point is this, how many people chose drunken debauchery and boy i sound like a a religious guy right there when i say that No, you're gone. Night, Come on, I'm... over the fellowship of the saints today and and it just makes me wonder why why what is and and it's a question for the person listening that did it what's the motivation behind it what is the because mo- look uh, I... you and i you and i have had this discussion before i, I there is there is a dozen different theological perspectives on drinking, and and I am of the perspective that there's nothing sinful about having a drink. There's nothing sinful. It may not be productive or beneficial to your life, but there's nothing sinful about having a drink, but the Bible clearly speaks that drunkenness is a sin, And, and I just have thought about that today and wondered, what is the brokenness, the motivation, or the, the hurt in someone that was just a drunken idiot last night that claims to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so, um, since, since, since
1: you brought it up, because we got to bring a scripture in here. So that way we feel good that we did this for one. I want to rewind a little bit when you said, you know, every day is just another day. I agree with that. You know, the lamentations three tells us because mercies are new every morning. I read a deal the other day and it was like, you know, and we're, we're on January 1st, you get the first blank page of the next 365 days of your life. Write your book good or whatever. And I was like, I get the next blank page every morning. I get up, I get yeah. to write that page no matter what. Some days yeah. I feel like I go to bed and the uh, uh, page might be still blank, but that's my own
0: choice. But so, so. But you don't have to live to, in yesterday, you can live exactly. in today.
1: Go it's, ahead. It's his mercies are new. So, so yeah I'm like with you You're talking about the whole you know drinking thing and and I say you know I mean I, I ended up well I just cause I didn't sleep because I fell on a pole of a wagon yesterday and banged my ribs up and I was tired and sore and we actually went and did a fundraiser deal with the 4-H so we kind of got home late but we weren't out drinking we were out hopefully being productive but so I've been studying and reading a lot of, of, of just a lot of stuff and the whole thing about drinking was in one of the things I read and and yeah, one drink isn't a sin, but, you know, I can, there's a lot of things. But I go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, and it says, do not be drunk with wine in which a dispensation, but be filled with the spirit. And I believe it was something I was reading to Derek Prince it was Like I said, I've been reading a lot of stuff right now, along with the Bible and a lot of Bible. But anyway, I like what they said. It's like, you know, if, if as soon as you start choosing to put alcohol in you, you're choosing not to put the spirit in you. Mm. period and i thought you know that is so true as soon as i mean and we yeah i know this is alcohol because that's the discussion but as soon as i choose to put anger in me i could almost put that don't be drunk with uh, anger i mean in a way i mean not to change the word but as soon as soon as we do choose to put anything in us besides the spirit we're choosing not to put the spirit in us and so you know i'm and i'm just saying from my own conviction you know, I have had one drink since November 19th of 2001. The only reason I had that drink, we were in Haiti and the place we were at, they'd made this liquor to honor us with it and I had a small drink of it. But I just, to most people say, Bill, why don't you drink? And I'll just say, you think I'm goofy now? You should have seen me when I was drinking. And most them say, please, please don't drink, you know? I mean, it's yeah. just, and so, so I mean, like with what you're saying there, it's like, if we're going to passionately be followers of Jesus. We have to always can be concerned with what we're drunk with. We can be drunk with lust, we can be drunk with greed, we can be drunk with all these other things, and it's gonna get to the point where we're not filled with the Spirit, we're not pursuing the things of God.
0: Yeah, yeah. Since you
1: opened that can, since you opened that can, I thought we better share a scripture that at least we felt like we were holding. You know, so.
0: Well, it's just <laughs> something I meditated on earlier today because I. I was the same way. I was I was foolish with with my behavior and my alcohol and everything else. And and uh uh you know uh I remember the days and and I remember the days that knowing that I, I should have been I shouldn't have been drinking, but I was drinking in order to enjoy myself and be to fit in and and to mask my own brokenness and everything else, my own anger and all that stuff. But uh, that's not what we're here to here to study uh here to talk about but I will make one more point that I have been influenced by the spirit in the last month and it continues to be a reoccurring thing theme that pops up in my life over the last few weeks and it popped up this morning in church with uh the the study of lament of Uh, Lamentations, Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Ecclesiastes, not Lamentations, Ecclesiastes in church this morning, and whenever the preacher started preaching, Ben started preaching his message, I looked over at Sherry, and Sherry just ducked her head and started laughing, because the word that I'm hearing, and I believe it's from the Lord for 2023 for me, if if it's, now this kind of goes in opposition to what I what I just said a few minutes ago, is simplify. Simplify. And I don't know what all that means, but I think in some ways I may be overcomplicating a whole lot of things in my life, even my ministry. So we'll see what the Lord has for me over the next, uh, in the next season. But uh, it sounds to me like the Lord's going to be working on my heart to be for, for, for simplification in my life. And we'll see what that looks like. So
2: I want to interject one other little piece here to, that goes along with the same course here that you guys are going on. And, <clears throat> cause I've lived that life also. And I went back and listened to the podcast you guys did the last time that And I wasn't on it, but you guys preached on it when they're I want to be the encouragement here in this situation for that person that was out there doing that, because my wife and I went to the neighbor's house and had supper. And there wasn't any drinks had there. It was 11 o'clock. And there's a bunch of people in it. Our little Melstone Bar Cafe, and they were shooting off fireworks. And there was people that were inviting them in there, and friends that were in there, whatever. So they decided, well, since we made her till eleven, we might as well go watch the fireworks and bring in the new year. So we went in there, and nobody from our crowd had any. None of us were out there getting drunk. I don't even think any of our crowd had a drink, and but there was plenty of people in that place that by the time we got in there that were are being foolish and you guys preached on it in the last podcast that I believe that when you're acting that way, you're thirsty. You're, your soul is thirsty and hungering to know the Lord more. And instead of feeling that, thirsty soul with alcohol or any substance for that matter seek the kingdom of god above all else Mm. anyone who is thirsty may come to me anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart so i know that anybody on here that's listening to that that was says yo, yeah that was me shoot by golly i'm forgiven though you are forgiven but when you were thirsty, how come you're not drinking from the river of life and the river of the one who gives us life? That's the decisions that we've had to make in our life. All three of us, we've lived that life, right? Nothing good, nothing good comes from, any, from alcohol or any of those other substances. None of those, shame and guilt, they're about the only thing that end up coming from them. If, yeah, if you're lucky, those are those are the least that come from those things. So Bill preached on it today in Deuteronomy seven, and here in verse two it says, "When the Lord your God hands these nations over to you, conquer them. You must completely destroy them. Make no treaties with them, and show them no mercy." Mm. Bill Bill taught us today that then. God was talking about people. He was handing people over to them that they were going to have to just slaughter and destroy. And as we apply that to our life, thank goodness we don't have to go out and slaughter and destroy people, but this is how we need to treat sin in our life. Don't let a holiday new year's Eve be your treaty with your drinking habit or your any sin in your life. We need to conquer and destroy them, make them not an option. And, and when we're thirsty,
0: Go to Jesus to get our drink. That is Amen, man. that is so good. That is so good. So powerful. And it is the perfect segue into John 740 because that was what I was going to share. That's exactly what I was going to share. Um, and I didn't have to because you just did. That, that is where... John 37, John 7, 37 through 39 ends is is that point you just made. And that's where I was headed. So uh and well we when you're beforehand. when your you flesh
2: just, when your flesh is thirsting for those things, yeah. I've had you guys, you guys know just well as me. We spent the last couple of weeks getting rid of some shame and guilt in my life that I had to get rid of. And yeah. it was because my soul was thirsting for Jesus and I chose to go the other way. And we have to destroy, completely destroy and get rid of those sins in our lives and make them not an option. And when those temptations arise, when those temptations come into our life, we better be seeking the Lord even more, because that's the only way that's going to get us through it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so when if we pick up 740. And I'll just read for a, a couple minutes when they had heard these things. And it's, it's this thing Jesus said in 737 and 38, right? If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Um, uh, 740 says, when they heard these words, uh, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is this Christ to come Uh, To come from Galilee has not the scripture said that Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was. So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. Uh, The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why did you not bring him? The officers answered, no one ever spoke like this man. The Pharisees answered him, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But the crowd that does not know the law is accursed. This is the piety of of the religious elite talking right now. And, And verse 50, Nicodemus, who had gone to him before, who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, are you from Galilee too? Search and see. No prophet arises from Galilee. And then it it finishes with, uh, they uh, they went each to their own house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. And so we see Jesus saying this radical thing. We've talked about this in past podcasts. Jesus is is preaching the truth, declaring who he is, but it's radical. And these people know who he is. They know he comes from Galilee. But the, the, the thing that's important to remember is that his father is from Galilee. His family's from Galilee. He, You know, the reason he was born in Bethlehem is because they were traveling back to uh, Joseph's uh, family ancestral land. To For the senses, right? And so if God had not commanded them to go, then Jesus wouldn't have been born in Bethlehem. But these people are not, they're not thinking like that. They're not aware of that. They just think Jesus is from Galilee. But in this section right here, as we see uh, um, John 7 come to an end, we see that that there's confusion. There's people that are going, man, this is him. This is, this is the man. This is the prophet and others who are still questioning, still being challenged by it. And, and there's still um, disagreements, but the religious elite, the closed-minded, the people that are used to their their rules, their laws, they just can't accept the grace of Jesus Christ in this section right here. We just lost Bill. He just uh, he just disappeared on us. so um, uh, he said he'll be right back on. And uh, uh, and if we as we go on, see these people cannot, these religious elite cannot accept the grace of Jesus right here. They can't accept what he's bringing to them. But as we see at the end of 739, Jesus still isn't being arrested because it's not his time yet, right? And then we go on into 8, and we, we can come back to, to this. Jesus goes to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst, they said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, when the law of Moses commanded us to stone such a woman, so what do we say? What do you say? And uh, I'm knocking stuff over, trying to get my notebook here. Um, This, they said, to test him. This is the same religious elite, the same people that are refusing to even see that this Jesus could be the the, the man, the one that they're waiting on, right? They they said this to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down, wrote with his finger on the ground. As they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more, he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and from now on sin no more. And so what we... What we see is a continuation of the grace of Jesus Christ being acted out, but people not being able the, the the people that oppose him not being able to to do it. right? And so there's a lot of meat in that section, but I just felt like it talking about the religious, the the people that, that uh, get hung up in the law, that get hung up in the traditions, and refuse to see the grace of Jesus Christ uh, is the thing that really stuck out to me uh, in that in that section. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Jr?
2: Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you're hitting a right red on the nail head. I I definitely. Well, Jesus is grace and mercy, right? Um, that's, the, that's the gospel message there. But what it s- sticks out to me as I grow and learn and get taught by you guys, we, we did a podcast on the one verse here. I don't know however many times ago, but 724, look beneath the surface so you can judge correctly. So as we read this, he shows her grace. He shows her mercy. Uh, the the crowd is is divided with unbelief and belief, and then we see the 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 woman who's caught in adultery. Um, I love the statement where he says, "All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone." Meaning, same goes. Same goes along the lines of take the log out of your own eye before you try taking the speck out of your neighbor's eye. Right. But he also looks beneath the surface. He already knows beneath the surface. And this whole act is an act of love. And yes, he shows her grace. Yes. He shows her mercy. We can all ride on the coattails of, okay, well let the, let the one who's never sinned throw the first stone, but Jesus still held her accountable. He still right. told her, I love you. I don't condemn you. That's his grace and mercy, but go and sin no more. He's still holding her accountable. He's looked beneath the surface and judging correctly right here. You, know, we, you just see it time and time and time again throughout throughout Jesus's life, right? He's still judging her sin. He's still telling her to change her ways. He's still holding her accountable. Go and sin no more. But he's doing it out of an act of love. Yeah. Hate the sin, love the sinner. (laughs) Uh, Once again, just gets brought out to me. They were doing it from a law standpoint. um, Wanting to stone her because of the law, the law of Moses. And this is exactly what Jesus came for, right? grace and mercy that the law is no more doesn't mean yeah. that we can read the word of god and and find what we can get away with it i i read it in a in a in a uh a uh oh little U version uh, devotional i did the other day um i thought it was so good it says the the bible doesn't you can you can read the bible two ways but the way to read the bible the word of god is you can read it and think of it as a way of what or how did it go you can the bible the bible when you read the bible it doesn't teach you what to think or it's not designed to teach you what to think it's designed to teach you how to think and i thought that was so good romans 12 2 it just like this the law was telling them how to think adultery was Supposed to be taking care of stoning her. That was the law. The law taught them what to think. That was how to stone her. Jesus is te- trying to teach them how to think. Love her, judge her sin, but you can't condemn her because I don't either.
0: Yeah. Yeah, the, the, thing, that, the thing that we uh, as human beings do, right, because naturally we've got this sin nature that causes us to judge harshly to judge severely, right? And, and with the grace of Jesus Christ in my in our lives, we're able to see, and, and if we study scripture, we're able to see how to judge people, how to judge the situation. Look, there is scripture after scripture. It says, look, if someone continues in sin, set them outside the church, treat them like a Gentile. That doesn't mean that you ignore them. That means you continue to share the gospel with them right? You continue to love them. But the thing that Jesus did with this woman was he had a conversation with her, right? The, the Pharisees just want, wanted to control. They want to control. They want to look powerful. We see it all through everything we've read so far in John up to this point. We see it as this division arises among the people as we, as we end chapter 7, we see it as we enter chapter 8 that uh, what happened to the man that she was, ha- she was caught in adultery with, right? How come he wasn't brought in there? Well, there's legal reasons mm-hmm. why he wasn't brought in there. We can go back and study those in the Old Testament if we want. But at the end of the day, he is as guilty as she is, and, and he is as wrong as she is, Right? And Jesus just looks at these people and says, look, death isn't the answer, right? He is challenging the law, the legal system, and saying, stoning her to death is not the answer. Because her sin, although we see in in New Testament scriptures that oftentimes sexual sin seems to be given a little more a little more uh, power, if if it were, maybe maybe sexual sins seem to be a little worse than other sins, but at the end of the day, they st- were still all sinners. And and the message that he gives to this woman is, I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. Stop it. But if she is, if she were to continue in this act of adultery, continuing to be, we don't see that being played out right now, but we know based on scripture, right? Jesus is going to lift his hand of grace off of her. If she's going to continue to live in sin, continue to commit adultery, well, she's probably not really saved in the long run, but Jesus is still her answer, not stoning her to death. So, yeah. What do you think? You got any thoughts, Bill? Yeah, Now now, now that I rejoined and
1: kind of figured out where we're at, I'll see what I can, you know, muster up in the Holy spirit here. But, you know, I think the thing is, is sometimes, you know, just reading this and I'm not sure what y'all have said up to this point of this little bit, I've caught, but, but to me, this is a setup too. I, I just feel like there was such a setup in this whole, whole, you know, whole scenario, this woman that was caught in the act of adultery, you know, it's almost to me in my mind, I'm like, they were using her, I feel in a way, just to try to throw Jesus under the bus for modern terminology. You know, here he's putting him in this position of, uh, of, you know, you've got to make a judgment call and you've got to do it quickly because we know what the law says. We know what Moses says. And so, you know, they're sitting here like, okay, if this guy's really the rabbi, or if this guy is really the teacher that he has said he is, he's going to have to make a legal, legal um, decision, a legal execution here, and, you know, we know that, that grace, you know, supersedes the law, obviously, but, um, you know, I, I, the other thing is, is I sit here, and I'm thinking, to me, we can rewind back to John chapter 7, verse 24, don't judge according to appearance, but with right judgment, and I feel like this is a great, a great example of right judgment. You know the appearance was is this woman's as guilty as is can be, and there again, where's where where's where's the guy? And I, I kind of you know it's kind of like, and I mean, like I said, I kind of play some backstory at times in my mind. I'm like, how many of them other guys were standing around there that were with her at some point in time too?
0: That's an excellent
1: point. You know, I don't think you know it's like how did that? How did they know where and when to go find this woman? You know, <laughs> it's like that's a great you know? point. And yeah. so. You know, to me, I feel like this is a great example of what right judgment looks like right here. You know, I mean, the appearance is, is yes, this woman here should be stoned according to the law. But righteous judgment or right judgment is, let's extend grace to her. Let's extend the supernatural empowerment of God to her and see her life change. And to me, because God's words are so creative when what he said, I kind of just feel like if Jesus tells, you know, like verbally actually said, go and sin no more. There's a good chance that's a pretty good seed sowed in that woman. And I'll guarantee you probably the rest of her life, she would that, that would be, that would be the, the words that are in her mind. And I, but, but see, I can sit here and say that, that now Jesus is the word. We looked at it at the very beginning of this study. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and God was the word. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And so now I need to sit here and say that to myself or read that part myself and, and, and say, you know what? Jesus said to Bill right there, you adulterous individual, adulterous, because when I sin, I'm, I'm in essence, I'm cheating on God. And he's telling me, go and sin no more. So that yeah. should be a seed that sticks in my heart, in my mind. And that should be the thing that grows in my life, that I have this absolute pursuit
0: of his right judgment and of even, even myself. You know that's a that's a really good point you just made, Bill. When you sin, you're cheating on God, right? right? You're <laughs> cheating on in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You're breaking the bond, and this go it goes back to my my thoughts, my meditations this morning of of why why are our Christian brothers and sisters uh, taking. December 31st is an opportunity to go out and get drunk and act a fool and everything else. Because here's the deal. Um, it is a it, it 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 should concern us as believers that our brothers and sisters in Christ are actively sinning, right? And it's not for you and I to judge who's a Christian and who's not, who was out drinking and and, and acting a fool last night but some of our brothers and sisters in christ were doing that and they were they were having an adulterous affair with their own fleshly desires instead of honoring and glorifying jesus christ with their actions right so they're as guilty as this woman is of being caught in adultery and jesus says to them you know, says to her, where are your accusers? Right? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord. And and we're not condemning anyone. We're just asking the question. We don't have the power to condemn anybody. We're just asking the question. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. But he will condemn you one day if you continue with these actions, by the way, Neither do I condemn you condemn you now go and sin no more. That's an excellent point, Bill, that you make about that adultery. So so this is scripture I had wrote down. I
1: I I actually I and I Jared heard this and stuff. I I did a whole bunch of studying on separation and being separated mm-hmm. onto God and being called so, out.
2: I was so hoping that you were gonna that you were gonna go down this route it, with it, because that's where my
1: mind was getting led to. And so one of the scriptures I had written down was when I didn't use it, all I got to was Deuteronomy chapter 7, and that was honestly at the bottom end of my notes, so I think everything above that might have been for me or for right now. And so we go over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 21, and I know this is talking about sacrifices to idols and stuff, but verse 21 says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. It's like a flat choice. There is only two things. And I mean, I I won't even sit here. When I get angry at my wife and I don't love her like Christ loves the church, I am not drinking of the cup of the Lord. There's only one other cup I'm drinking of, period, period. And and, And that's, you know, like one of my biggest thoughts right now is just this wholehearted, passionate pursuit of God that I'm so consumed with him because I was just again, we were praying tonight with the kids, and I go back over to when it's in, in John chapter, or 1 John chapter 3, when it talks about the sons of God cannot sin, I don't know, maybe I will sin the rest of my life, but I'm going to pursue that I'm a son of God till I get to the point where I just cannot sin. I mean, that just, to me, that would be so great to 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 have the right response to everything that comes along, every word that's spoken, everything that I do, that that I'm just like, I'm gonna drink of the Lord's cup. I'm gonna drink of the Lord's cup. I'm gonna drink of the Lord's cup. I'm gonna drink of the Lord's cup because mm-hmm. there's only one other
0: cup to drink from. Period. What passage was that? Drinking of the cup of the Lord or the cup um, of the uh first, first Corinthians chapter
1: 10, verse 21.
2: I'll I'll lead on with it too and go from there down to verse 23 through 24. So how do we do that? It says, you say, and this, okay, well, so it to revert back to eight. Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. Well, what was he writing? Then in verse eight, then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. It doesn't tell us what he's writing. I've heard before that he was writing out sins that those other people have committed and some other things. Da, 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 but you make up your own story with what he's writing there. But it just brings to me a great example of how we should judge righteously. Because if you look at it from the standpoint that Jesus stoops down and he's writing down sins. Now these are sins that Jesus never committed. If he, if that, if that's true, if he, if that is what he's doing, he's writing down sins that he's never committed. And I like using this picture because it just is a great way for me to keep myself in check. So he's writing down sins that he never committed. So if we take that approach, when somebody comes to us, and wants to gossip or wants to blame da 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 or joe blow down the streets living this way and they want to judge people without looking beneath the surface first not that we need we can accuse the sins because we are to lay them at the feet of jesus and tell them to go and sin no more so then first corinthians 10 23 through 24 how do you keep yourself in check? Well, you say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say, I am allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. And that just strikes me. So as you're drinking from the cup of the Lord, rather than the cup of demons, every we've been going down the rabbit hole of what does it mean to live a life led by the Holy Spirit and keeping that inner dialogue open and inviting the Holy Spirit into our lives at every single moment with every single decision that's the relationship Jesus wants from us all these things but for me it makes me check my actions is what I'm doing for my own good or for the good of others am I drinking from the Cup of the Lord or from the cup of demons? Is it what I'm about to do for my own good, or is it for the good of others?
1: That's good.
0: Yeah. Well, and and that's that's so important because because you know how many guys, how many um, how many pastors out there? And look, uh, you know, before I began, I, I believe I was a follower of Jesus. And, and, uh, you know, when my first wife left me, um, I believe I was a follower of Jesus. I knew it was wrong. And, and I, and I fought for it, tried to keep, you know, tried to save that marriage. Everything else had fell apart. There was very little I could do about it, but I can tell you that <clears throat> it, um, I had, I made my mistakes. Okay. It wasn't all on me, but I made my mistakes right? And so I live a single life, and and then and then Sherry and I start dating, and, and we get married, she gets saved, and we both fall madly and passionately in love with the Lord. And, but, you know, are we doing it for us? Or are we doing it for other people? Are we drink into the cup of the Lord. How are we living our lives on a daily basis? What example are people seeing of us? I would have been a terrible testimony to Jesus Christ in my early 20s. I was a terrible testimony to Jesus Christ in my early 20s, but my testimony to Jesus Christ today is far different. Right? Far different. How many pastors, how many Christians do you know that just give up on their marriage? They just quit, you know, and they 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 may blame the the other person, say it wasn't their fault or whatever, but that other person you know, it takes two to make a marriage work. To make a relationship Amen. work, how many people just give up on it? They just quit putting the work into it, the effort into it, to making it uh, something that honors and glorifies Jesus Christ. And then, and then you see them. They're they're still pastoring. They're still they're still you know, uh, you know they go have an adulterous affair and they disappear for a while, and then they come back on the scene, still trying to serve the Lord with with, with this other person or whatever, whatever it looks like, because they're not concerned about other people as much as they are their own fleshly desires. Or they would have put the work in, the effort in with the first one. And you can look at that with everything, right? You can look at that with every situation. Look, we need to honor and glorify Christ and we need to be an example for other people. How come these Pharisees didn't grab this woman and this man and say, look, we're here to help you to not do this Amen. any longer. Why did Jesus have to be the one to do that? Why didn't these church leaders say, hey, come come here and we're gonna help you break this cycle of sin in your life. We're gonna invest in you and help you out. And if you don't want it, then then that's your choice. That's your choice. But we're here for you, to love you, to care for you. You know, where were the people that were there to hold these pastors and their wives accountable, we're here for you, where were the elders in their church that were helping them out, where is the body of Christ, amen, the love amen, people. I'm but,
2: gonna, I'm gonna interject here, and share the testimony, because you boys know it, that, so whenever I went to Vegas, I, I thought that I was standing strong, I was in, I've been doing this podcast for two years, I got down there for 10 days and was a punk and fell to my flesh and walked into some sin. And I had to call both of you boys and admit my sin so that you could pray for me. And you guys did just that. You didn't condemn me. And you told me to go on and sin no more. And Corinthians 10, I want to just, as we went down the rabbit hole of the drinking thing
0: here at the beginning, pause, it's pause not the weird con- Pause one second, second, Jr. So look, I just want to support Jr. I, I want people to understand, look, he, this wasn't an adulterous affair. This wasn't any of that. Him and Shelby were together. He just, he just made a mistake, nothing that, that should disqualify him for ministry or anything else. It's just one of those things that, you know, it, it's, we don't have to go in depth. He wouldn't be on screen with us right now. if We didn't feel like he was completely repentant and, 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 I know Bill and I were tough on him and, you know, meeting with, you know, him and Shelby and Sherry and I meeting together and all that stuff. So I just want to, I just wanted to support Jr. in that. So go ahead, buddy.
1: Well, I'll just dinner. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But I'm gonna just let you know what he did was so biblical. He came and confessed his faults, and and so you know, I'm I'm with Kevin. I mean, it's yeah, it was an odd headed thing. If I sat alongside him, I'd have probably slapped him in the head that moment. But praise God, I wasn't there. And and so yeah, I'm with Kevin. You know that he, he Jr. and I've had a lot of conversations, and yeah. So go ahead and share what you got there, Jr. Well, it's
0: and.
2: I don't need to go into all the detail just
1: for whatever reason, but
2: it was just fell into some temptations and some demons of my own that I battled. And not to say that my sin is in that sin was any less than any other sin. It just was just that it was falling into some temptations. So what I've learned from that as I came and did that and you guys held me accountable i've been i was drawn to this first corinthians 10 and i have underlined here so i want to be the encouragement and and the conviction in from the beginning of this podcast it's not that we're condemning those people that did that last night it's literally that we're trying to get you to the feet of jesus because jesus is the way so first corinthians 10 12 If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted... He will show you a way out so that you can endure. I don't care what the temptation is. If it's a temptation to drink, if it's a temptation to smoke pot, if it's a temptation to do drugs, if it's a temptation to get angry, to get jealous, to be envious, to gossip, whatever the temptation is, it's he will not allow that temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Skip to verse thirty one. So whatever you eat or drink, or so this is, this is the way out. How do you endure? What's the way out? Verse 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. What are you drinking from? Where are you going when you're tempted? Where are you going when your flesh is weak? We need to be going to Jesus. We need to be seeking Mm. the Holy Spirit's strength. We need to be, going to our brothers and and getting encouraged and spending time in prayer, whatever the habit needs to become. You could have been tempted last night to go out and drink and wanted to very not much so go out and do it, but you fell to the temptation. Why'd you fall to the temptation? Because your flesh is weak. When you rely on yourself, you're weak. You got to start relying on the Holy Spirit. Go back to the to the to the rivers of living water and take take Amen. a drink from him who offers us a drink when Amen. we're thirsty when our soul is thirsty Amen. go to the one who can offer us the drink of living water Amen. whatever we eat or drink whatever we do do it all for the glory of God and this message is just as important for me as it is for anybody that hears this this is a conviction message for myself that whatever I do whatever I eat whatever I drink whatever I do I need to be doing it all for the glory of God.
1: Amen. Amen. So, so I want to. So, this is great to bring her back to the whole John eight thing because I've been sitting here pondering this in the midst of all of this. And you know, we because Kevin brought up, you know, where were the pastors? Where were all of those in the midst of that? And and I sit here and I look at the difference between, um, you know, really um, operating as as a, a a religious leader, and I'm going to use the word religious leader, or somebody that's led by the Spirit. And so when, when them, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the re- teachers of the religious law came and threw in front of Jesus, they were operating in, let's shame and guilt this woman. Let's, let's, let's strip her of everything that she has left. And Jesus operated under the, obviously he was the epitome of grace, but he operated under the being led by the spirit, the spirit of God and listening. Because, you know, th- this, because Jesus said, he says, I can only say what the father's saying and I only do what the father's doing. So really what he was doing, he was speaking the father's love into this woman. Amen. He, he was... He was like, how do I get life to her? And so, you know, I mean, I know we've kind of maybe sounded hard a little bit here, but, you know, love is tough sometimes. But the whole thing is, is I believe every one of us sitting on this podcast right now, we're like, we've been down that road. We know we know the death it brings to our lives if we choose to yeah. do that. And so really, I believe that we're, we're sitting here with, with, with what in the, uh, operating in the grace of Jesus and saying, you know what? we know what you did, we see what you did, but now go and sin no more, go, go and find, like Jr. just said, them, those rivers of of living water, go spend time in God's word, go spend time in prayer, go spend time in worship, go spend time in, in all of this, I, I, was, last night, our, our kids had a, um, we there was a Kyle show did a concert here in town and there was a dance and stuff and our kids 4-H club had a uh, um, uh, uh, concession booth there so we had to help with the fundraiser and stuff and actually I'll just I want to tell the story because this is this is where my mind goes and I'm not saying that I'm Holier than thou when I walk on water. But I told Delcy, they're up there singing and everybody was dancing and stuff. And I says, This reminds me of a story of Smith Wigglesworth. And she says, What's happening? And I says, Well, Smith Wigglesworth one time was on this ship because in that time frame, that's how they traveled. And they were going to have a talent show. And they asked him if he wanted to be a part of it. And he's like, Well, let me go and ask the Lord what he wants. And so he we went to his room and he started praying and asking God what he wanted. And God says, Yeah, but I want you to tell him you want to be first. And that you want to you, you know, and, and he told him what song to sing. So he went down there and he says, Well, I'll tell you what, he says, I'll, uh, I'll I'll participate in your talent show as long as I get to be first and I can sing whatever song I want. Well, he got up there and he sang some worship song, and the spirit of God fell on that place, and everybody started giving their life to the Lord. And and so, and I say that because I think that's where. You know, we have to go with our life that you know, I guess maybe you know, the Lord said go out and like JR said, he went down to the, the fireworks last night, but did he go there to 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 you know which cup would did he go there to drink from? You I mean, same with me, you know. I was I was where there was a band and music playing and stuff, and yeah, I danced a couple of dances with my seven-year-old daughter, but it was nothing unholy, nothing unrighteous. You know, I wasn't dancing with right. someone else's wife. You know, there's all that stuff you have to stop and say while you're there. What kind of an example am I going to be as, as a follower of Christ? And yet, on the other hand, if we see somebody that's that we know that's a believer, that's not walking in truth and righteousness, that we need to judge it righteously. And how do we bring the love of God into their life that we can help to to to, you know, I mean, really keep them on the narrow path. You know, narrow is the way that leads to life. Amen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is that is so good, that's so powerful and that is what uh what being a part of the body of Christ is supposed to be. And and mm-hmm. and you know the the important thing to remember and and so many pastors out there fall uh to sin and lose their their position, lose their ministry. I mean, look I studied Ravi Zacharias for years, and then and then he dies, and and all these um, accusations begin to come out. Does that diminish what Ravi Zacharias said for years as a as a premier, uh, one of the most powerful apologists for the kingdom of God? Does that disqualify everything he ever said? No, it doesn't. He was a fallen man. He should have had. The people in his life holding him accountable and pulling him out of ministry, right? But he obviously did wasn't honest with people, if the accusations are true, right? I mean, nothing came of it because they, they came after he died, right? But but pastors have to be humble and accountable to people. Christians have to be humble and accountable okay. to people. We talk about that all the time. Our band of brothers, right? Right. Really important. We, tell, we tell people all the time the word of God worship and prayer like-minded believers and we need to be accountable to them because we're broken and we're and and so on on a, on occasion as it has ne- needed to happen we have all challenged each other in that way and if at any point one of the four of us falls to sin and falls to the practice of sin, the three others would remove him from ministry, but we would still minister to him, love him, care for him, be there for him, and try to restore him in the nature that Christ wants us to restore him. Am I right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I want to add a couple of things in that. For for one, uh, the we the word accountability, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to say this in a way. People get almost like fearful of it. And one of the best definitions of accountability was we're not looking to see where you're falling. We're seeing to, to where, how high we can, what standard we can raise you to. And that's what yeah. I like, you know, we're not sitting here like Hawkeye and each other like, well, I just can't wait till Kevin messes up because, you know, I want to kick his feet out from underneath of him. I'm sitting here going like, man, I know, Kevin, there's something in there. There's treasure in there. There's gold in there. Right. But I'm going to sit here and talk to you as a pastor, too, that, that it, I mean, biblically, we're to have an eldership. And I'm thankful for my two elders that I have because even that as a pastor, you have to develop and it, It's taken time for me to develop this relationship. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm pretty closed off in a lot of ways on certain things, you know, I mean, I kind of can get the old Lone Ranger mentality and or John Wayne or whatever mentality, but, you know, you develop that relationship too with your elders that you guys can have that kind of relationship that you can support and encourage and help each other. Because it, it's, it, the thing is, 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 When you bring your life to the table, and I'm saying this just only recently in the last probably about a year now since we went on sabbatical and stuff, you know, I wasn't very open with my life to many people. And the more you open it up and you allow people uh, to to be in your life, to be there to encourage you, and you got to pick the right people, because trust me, there's some people out there, they're just looking to kick your feet out from underneath it. Yeah, that's right. And yet. You don't want somebody that's just going to give you a mamsy-pamsy and always tell you, oh, you know, we know, brother. Oh, poor you. But well, you need them people, though, too, that are going to hold your feet to the fire. So yeah, I just say to you, know, you guys that are pastors out there that if you happen to be listening to this, um, start developing that relationship with your elders. And the only thing I'd say is men find men in your life and women find women in your life that are like that the only other person that I'm going to be accountable to that's a female will be my wife because otherwise I am not right going on. to open my life up. To, there's too much vulnerability there that, that doesn't need to be happening.
0: Yeah. Uh, men and women don't need to be ministering to each other uh, without, you know, I mean, pastors minister to, to women in their church, but you've got women, you should have women there with you. You should have Amen. women pastor, women, a women's pastor or your wife, a part of that whole process. You don't need to be private messaging. You don't need to be doing any of that. And that's just good, healthy uh, boundaries and good limitations. But you know, Bill was closed off when he and I first started hanging out together ten years ago. Now coming up on ten or eleven years, I can't even remember now. And it's taken time. It took time, but but over time, Bill specifically, Bill and I, and then Jay and Jr. and Tad later on, uh, I I've been telling him this for years. This is what I was looking for. And Bill was like, well, I've had that before and I got burned and, and everything else. And, and we just made a, a covenant agreement with each other and, and that, that we would, that we would be that kind of accountability to each other. And, and it's been, it's been well, mighty powerful in my life. So. Well,
1: it, and not that I didn't trust Kevin, I don't want to make something like that, but you got to build that trust too. You know, I mean, you got to get to know, you got to get you know, to know absolutely. people. I mean, you just don't go walk into some big old mega church and see some guy that's got gray hair and a long beard and say, well, I want to just submit my life to you and tell you everything that's going on because right he, on. he might be, he might be the magpie that sits on the fence and squawks everything. So yeah. And well, your it dog it humbles go me going
2: your down dog. this road. It humbles me as the young one in this group because, and just a, praise report i guess for what this group has turned into because it's i'm the same way i i was a closed off person and right wrong indifferent this is the first experience of real christian brothers that i've ever had in my life i've had those poofy pampering ones and i've had the ones that shucked me away for being a punk you know i've it's just been the the real first experience of what Christian brotherhood is supposed to be. And it's drove me to open up other groups and lead Bible studies and go out and make disciples of others so that they can just make me more of a warrior for the kingdom, I guess. Um, But yeah, just that, that this, the, as the young one in the group, I feel very honored because you guys are my, dub it however you want to dub it but christian role models right and i told bill that the other day and he laughed at me and he said he said well geez i look up to you just as much as you look up to me and well that's right. how it's supposed to be but why is yeah. beyond why beyond your years i hear that one all the time and it's not it's there's no other answer other than because i'm trying to live a life led by the holy spirit and i shared this one with bill the other day the first and for first and foremost, most important one that we always talk about is this grace and mercy message back in Luke or John chapter 8. That Jesus showed is to become a believer of Jesus Christ, become a follower of Jesus Christ. Then mm-hmm. next is study the word of God. The importance of that, Ephesians 4:23, instead. Let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. We are called to be truly righteous and holy. There's no other way to be truly righteous and holy than get to the feet of Jesus and have him inspect your heart and get sin out of your life and work on that. The next important thing is surrounding yourself with those brothers that are going to bring that out of you and Mm -hmm. fellowship and worshiping with other like-minded believers. Right. And we've said it all the time on this podcast, how, how much, when we first started down doing this route, the picture we thought it was going to be is nothing to what it's actually turned into and how important this relationship has been in my life and what this podcast has done for my life and all the things. And it's, it's, it's real. It's true. It's, it's, it's real so my encouragement for for the end of the podcast is just that if you don't know jesus get to know him start reading your bible and find those brothers like-minded
0: believers that are gonna grow you well there you go why don't you close us out in prayer you shared the gospel jr won't you finish us up absolutely dear heavenly father i just thank you
2: for the brothers that you've put in my life, and I thank you for letting us use this platform to, uh, to share your word. Um, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive and active and that you are the same today as you were yesterday, as you will be forever. I just ask that you take this word and uh, use it to plant seeds or be the water. Lord, I just uh, thank you for this time together. I thank you for these men in my life and what they do for my life. And I just want to uh, to send out a a message of encouragement, Lord, that whoever whoever hears this, that uh, that you speak to them, you speak to their heart, that you convict them and that you just that as their soul thirst for you, as they hear hear us have a Bible study, Lord, that it just draws them closer to you Mm -hmm. and that they find the living water in you. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Good stuff good stuff. We'll be back together here in a couple of weeks. Uh, Hopefully, Tad will be able to join us then. Uh, We'll be in John 8. And uh, if you got any questions, you need a Bible, uh, you need prayer, whatever it is, you can send us an email at connection at gmail.com, or you can find any one of us on on Facebook or, or Instagram or yeah, you know, i'm sure bill you know bill's got tiktok and all that other stuff oh yeah yeah he's, a, he's yeah. a real techie guy so. <laughs> i i i'm Twitter.
2: i heard of... his latest one was twitter just send him a tweet. And
0: twitter that's yeah. right yeah
1: just, i'm one of the
0: tweets a tweet. <laughs> send, him a, send him a tweet yeah. so so Smoke yeah we're, signal, we're here maybe. for you we're here to pray for you we'll get you a bible whatever it is a cowboy connection at gmail.com and until next time god bless mm.